Hi, this is Pastor Ben Fagelin from Bright Church. I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast. I hope this message inspires you, deepens your relationship with God, and that you're encouraged in your faith. We hope to see you soon at Bright. You know, I'm passionate about the Spirit uh, because it, it was the, the, the Spirit that really, uh, you know, encounters and, and the Holy Spirit that really has unlocked some things in my life. And uh, I, do, I actually live, uh, Pastor Ben said, uh, Brisbane, we're on the Gold Coast because uh, that's way better. And, uh, you know, we're suffering for Jesus on the Gold Coast. And uh, Celebrate Church, if you're ever on a holiday, come and visit us, Celebrate Church on the Gold Coast. Uh, we're a new church plant. Uh, but I actually grew up in Melbourne, and I was here until I was 21 years old. Uh, my parents divorced when I was about five. I lived over more on the kind of north and really kind of the west. Uh, you know, anyway, uh, don't judge me. All right. Uh, and so, you know, my parents divorced when I was about five or six. Uh, my dad especially did a whole heap of drugs. Uh, we'd go visit him on Friday nights. We'd be in pubs all over Melbourne uh, with a whole heap of people doing drugs. My mum did drugs. Uh, most of my aunties and uncles did drugs. Uh, even some of my grandparents did drugs, okay? Uh, you know you're in trouble when granddad smokes bongs, okay? That's just a bad start to life. Uh, I do that joke to see how naughty the crowd is. And, and, and you guys are up there, but I actually spoke in the West this morning. People were nearly falling off their chairs. Uh, and... Uh, and uh, but uh, I followed in my dad's footsteps and really at about 12 or 13, I was uh, binge drinking, smoking marijuana, cigarettes. Uh, at 15, I was injecting uh, amphetamines, taking acid, ecstasy. Uh, at 16, I took an acid trip at a house in Glenroy where they were involved in satanic worship and I overdosed on this acid trip. And for half an hour, I was completely unconscious on the bedroom floor of this bedroom that had posters of demons and crazy things in it. And I was tormented uh, by evil for about three hours. I uh, wasn't a Christian, uh, kind of believed in God. I came out of that experience with what psychologists would have diagnosed as drug-induced psychosis. Because from that moment, I think I was 15 or 16, for about the next six years, uh, the television would speak to me, the radio would speak to me. Uh, I'd hear voices uh, speaking to me, telling me every single day that I should kill myself, that no one loves me, that no one likes me. At 19 years old, I planned and made a plan to actually end my life because I couldn't handle the noise and the voices anymore. More. Uh, but thankfully, uh, I had an auntie uh, that was the only believer in my entire family that prayed for me for 17 years that I would one day encounter the love of Jesus Christ. And uh, at 23 years old, I'd moved to the Gold Coast. At 21, I left Melbourne, uh, you know, moved to Surface Paradise to try and get off drugs. Uh, I wasn't the smartest young guy. Uh, I had killed a few brain cells. Uh, but, but, you know, thankfully God had a plan. And, and, and one night on a phone call with this particular auntie, uh, all I can say is it was literally as I heard her voice, it was like heaven opened up and the love of the Father came over my whole being and uh, I surrendered my life to Jesus Christ in that moment. And it was about two weeks later that uh, he completely set me free of all drugs, of cigarettes. Uh, he told me who I was going to marry. Uh, it was a girl I saw at a fancy dress party. She was dressed as Barbie and uh, she, was, she was good looking, still is today. And uh, God said, you're going to marry Barbie. And I said, God, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it for you. <laughs> God, send me. I will go. And uh, so we've been married, uh, I think, almost 22 years. 
And uh, God's been so good. I have two beautiful boys that are now 17 and 16 years old. And, and like I said, just planted a church about a year and a bit ago. Next week is our one-year birthday. And uh, God's doing some, some really cool stuff. And uh, itinerating was way easier than plant, than being a pastor, uh, you know, because there's problems with... Anyway, anyway, uh, it used to be good when I just come, preach, and then I go home Monday. And uh, anyway, now the problems are with me on Monday. Anyway, no. Uh, and, and so I'm passionate about this kind of thing. We're gonna, we're, I'm going to like kind of really focus on the nine gifts of the Spirit, which is what Pastor Ben asked me to speak on. And, and I'm passionate about this because of how many times... Uh, Holy Spirit encounters and people moving in the gifts of the Spirit have unlocked things in my life. And, and, and moving in the gifts of the Spirit are not just for pastors. It's for every single person. They're not just for the church building. Now, they should function within the church world because, of course, there's a lot of believers all in this place at once. But they're for the marketplace. They're for parenting. They're for, uh, you know, they're, they're for every facet of life to move in these gifts of the Spirit. And, and I had so many times, I remember uh, when, you know, I was, uh, I was in a meeting and I was here in Melbourne and I was preaching. And just while I was, it was, the, it was at a men's conference and another the pastor got up and he preached and he did like a two minute thing lift your hands to heaven and, and and he prayed and I I almost audibly on the inside felt God speak to me and say you and your family are moving to America and and, and it kind of like I, I cried a bit it was like it was a powerful moment and and at that point like my life was good I was preaching all over the world I was living on the Sunshine Coast uh, no one knew me in America I'm like you know I'm not going to get invited when I go there but he spoke to me said you're going to move to America and then literally about three minutes later, the next speaker was invited up and he had just been, God speaks to me, you're going to move to America. He goes to start doing his message and then he just, he says, hang on, wait, 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 you. And he tells me to stand up. And he said, I'd met him before in the, in the you know, speaker's lounge or whatever. And he said, you're, you're 37 years old. I told him that. And he said, but get ready because at 40 years old, there's going to be a major shift in your life. And literally three minutes before, God had almost audibly spoke to me that you and your family are moving to America. And three minutes later, someone's delivering a prophecy that with direction that actually at 40 is going to be the moment. You know what? It was about on my 40th birthday, I was in America at a Dallas Cowboys game watching a football with my 13-year-old son. And I'd been living in America for two weeks. We had just moved there. And on my 40th birthday, I was living in America. And and, you know, and then I remember another time, it was about probably a month later, we, I didn't tell anyone about moving to America and, and just my wife and I knew. And, and another guy just in Australia who's a prophet and, and he texts me and I'll, I'll never forget, I'm, I was playing golf with someone, I was driving the golf cart, I saw my text and he says, hey, if you're praying about moving to America, God says it's a green light. I nearly crashed the golf cart. <laughs> And, and like, and so, but that's what I want to show you. Like, get that's that's two people operating in the gifts of the spirit. My entire family was radically changed because someone moved in the gifts of the spirit. That four years for us in America was so pivotal in the development of our lives that God was preparing us to come back. I believe and start a church on the Gold Coast that will literally live forever and ever, way beyond us. That will one day have buildings. Has already seen people get set. Free free of mental illness, has seen people get saved. And, and, and that was preparation, but it only happened because a couple people moved in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. 
And so it's a powerful thing that all of us can operate in. And so, you know, I believe when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit, you know, we can flow in all of them if we go after them, the nine gifts of the Spirit. I think when it comes to a lot of the other gifts, it's, you know, you're either this or that or whatever, but the gifts of the Spirit are there for us to operate in as the Spirit allows us to do so. They're for the common good, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12. We're going to look at it in a moment. They're for the common good. And whether that's the common good of me ministering to you or even using them to help me and my family, uh, they're for the common good of the kingdom of God. And so I want to read the, the, the passage in a moment, but, you know, well, let me read that. 1 Corinthians 12, because this is the, the passage of Scripture that speaks about the nine gifts of the Spirit. It's the Apostle Paul speaking. Uh, have we got that verse there? It says here, Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray uh, by mute idols, two mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus be cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but all in them and everyone is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. And here's where it kind of talks about the nine gifts. It says, To one there is given through the spirit of message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same spirit. So it's a a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge. Uh, To another a, a, a faith, which is a gift of faith by the same spirit. To another gifts of healing. So it's a gift of healing. Uh, next one. To another miraculous powers, that's kind of the gift of miracles. To another prophecy, that's, I've talked about that. To another distinguishing or discerning of spirits. So that's a spiritual gift, discerning of spirits. To another speaking in different kinds of tongues and still to another, the interpretation of tongues. Uh, I think that's it there. So, and so I want to just, what, what I want to do is I want to, so we've got word of wisdom, word of knowledge, gift of faith, prophecy, tongues, interpretation, healings, miracles, discernment. And, and so I want to give you three quick things and then I want to spend some time praying at the end. So really quickly, three things that will help you operate in these gifts. And, and, then, I, and then I'll quickly go through the nine, like really quickly and maybe just tell a little quick story and, and kind of just give a little bit of information on each one. But the first one is this, is, and this one here, this is the biggest reason why a lot of people that end up in heaven because they know Jesus, but they've never, ever moved in any of the gifts of the Spirit. This first point, because you can go to heaven and be fully born again, fully saved, like you're not going to get to heaven and God says, well, did you move in the gifts? Like that doesn't get you in. There's a lot of people that love Jesus, that live for God, that maybe even tithe, that maybe even serve in a team, but they've never, ever moved in any of the gifts of the Spirit. And it's this first point is the reason why, the biggest reason why I believe. Uh, let me read the Scriptures first. 1 Corinthians 12, 29 to 31. So remember, 1 Corinthians 12 is what we just read, the gifts of the Spirit. Now this is at the end of it. And it says here, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles. Next one. Do all have gifts of healing, do all speak in tongues, do all interpret. Now here's the key. Now eagerly desire the greater gifts. And then he goes, and yet I'll show you a more excellent way. And then I want you to quickly jump to 1 Corinthians 14 verse 1. 
I'll show you this in a moment, but in between this is wedged 1 Corinthians 13, which is the whole passage on love. But then it says, follow the way of love, because he's just set the platform for love. I'll come to that in my second point. Follow the way of, and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. So the first thing, if you're going to move in the gifts of the Spirit, number one is you have to eagerly desire it. It's not like you don't just like accidentally trip over into the gifts of the Spirit. No one ever fell into miracles. No one ever fell into becoming someone that sees people get healed. It's never happened. It never happens by accident. It only happens when you make a decision to say, you know what, I'm going to go after this. I'm going to eagerly desire to prophesy. I'm going to eagerly desire to get a word of knowledge. I'm going to eagerly desire to get a gift of faith. I'm going to eagerly desire to see some miracles and some healings. You know, I remember uh, when I was an itinerant, I think it was about my second year uh, being an itinerant, and you just heard my story, my testimony. And I did a three-day fast. And most times, I'm not always perfect at this, but most times when I fast, I, I, I try and do an hour of prayer three times a day. So when breakfast, when I'm normally eating, lunch and dinner, I'll try and do an hour. And this time I, I did it. I did three days and I did nine one-hour prayer meetings by myself. And so I just felt in the first prayer meeting, I kept praying, God, I pray you would use me to help people with mental illness. And it started on the first one, and then the second one, it got a little bit hotter, and then the third one, and then the next day, I'm still there. God, I pray for people that feel trapped, people that feel in prison, within depression and anxiety and addictions. God, I pray that you would use me to bring healing to depression, healing to anxiety. And as each prayer meeting, it kept getting hotter and hotter and hotter. And by the ninth prayer meeting, I end up having this encounter with God. And as I'm praying for people that are imprisoned and trapped, I'm literally weeping on the floor and I feel the Holy Spirit. He says to me, Lucas, I'm giving you the mantle to see people get free of mental illness and mental health. I've seen hundreds of people get free of depression and anxiety and addictions. But what happened? It's because I simply eagerly desire to move in the gifts of the Spirit. And what is that? That's a gift of healing. And it might not be the normal gift in the sense of physical healing, but it's a gift in the realm of healing when it comes to people's mental health. I want you to catch this. I remember, uh, I remember uh, a time a few years back and, and, if, and I wasn't doing so well. My heart wasn't really on fire for God. I was doing all the things and I was preaching, but, but my personal heart wasn't hungry for God. I remember God took me back to this moment when I was a brand new Christian. And again, I was doing a three-day fast. So I was probably six months saved. And I used to go up to this mountain. It was, it was actually the first time I was doing it. I went to this mountain in Mount Tambourine. And I'd stay at this little Baptist convention place. And it was like $7 a night. And I'd go there for three days. And all I'd do is take water with me. And I was just going to pray and fast. Six months saved. And, and I remember this, this guy that was discipling me. He drove me up to Mount Tambourine. It's an hour from the Gold Coast. You walk, go up the big hill. And we kind of mucked around a bit and hung out. And by the time we got up to the, where I was going to stay, the place was already closed. And they had shut. So I couldn't get in to get my accommodation. And, you know, it's just a real cheap kind of, we have bunk beds and all that. And my friend, he's, I'm a brand new Christian. And he says to me, he says, well, I guess we'll just have to come back tomorrow. And I said, it was, it was dark. And I said, no, nah, you know what? I'm just going to sleep here the night. 
And so I remember six months later, getting out my sleeping bag, getting out my pillow, getting out my little bag. And there was this kind of porch on the front of the Baptist convention thing. And I said, I'm just going to lay there. And I'll never forget. I remember just put my stuff. I've never done it before, but I laid down on this porch. And I remember seeing his headlights just disappear into the, to the thing. And, and it was pitch black. And I stayed on that porch so that I could wait for the morning for these people to arrive and I could do my prayer and fasting. And now fast forward as a few years ago, and I really felt like I wasn't hot for God. And I'd lost my hunger. And I had this moment where God began to minister to me and I was weeping in His presence and He was dealing with things like rejection and hurt and all this kind of stuff. And then as I'm weeping, I remember God speak to me and says, you know, like every dad, when you have kids, you carry a photo of your kids and no one else cares about it, but you'll show everyone. Oh, look at him. He's, this is his first soccer game, you know, or this is whatever it is. And I remember it messed me up so bad. I remember God spoke to me because I wasn't in a good place in my heart. And He said, Lucas, you know the photo that I literally carry in my wallet of you is that photo of that boy that slept on the porch because he was so hungry to get in my presence. He was so hungry. I'm telling you, hunger and being eagerly desiring is the way to God's heart. If you don't care about the spiritual gifts, He still loves you. You'll just never move in them. But if you would start to imagine what would happen if a whole church would get hungry to go after some gifts of the Spirit. God, I, I want you to use me to prophesy. I want you to use me to get words of knowledge. I want you to use me to discern and all the others. And so the first thing is, is you've got to eagerly desire it. The second thing is it's got to be motivated by love. See, there's no, it's not a coincidence that you have 1 Corinthians 12. At the end of 1 Corinthians 12, it says eagerly desire. Then at the start of 1 Corinthians 14, it says eagerly desire, but it also says follow the way I love. And then put in the middle of that is a whole chapter about love. It says, you know what? You might be able to prophesy and say the absolute mysteries, but if you don't have love, you're like a, a, a clanging gong. And it talks all about what love is. It's patient, it's kind, it's, it, it, it hopes, it, it never gives up. And, and so you've got to understand that if you're going to move in the gifts of the Spirit, it's got to be motivated by love. There's a great picture of this in the Bible where uh, Simon the sorcerer, who really is moving in demonic things, but he gets saved. He gets baptized. But then he sees, I can't remember who it is. I think it's Peter and some other guys come. And, and, and he sees, because they hadn't seen this yet, they start laying hands on people and people are getting baptized in the Spirit. And Simon, because he had moved as a sorcerer, which is all about, watch how I move and how powerful I am. Look how good I am. Look at the, the magic I can do. And obviously he'd gotten saved, but there was still a work to happen within his heart. And then when he sees the power of these men of God that could literally pray for someone and the Spirit of God would come upon them and they'd be filled with the Spirit and speak in tongues. And Simon, because of his past, he says, I'll pay money if I can have the same thing as you that I could lay hands and change people's lives. And, 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 and the, the, the disciples are, are, are so angry and they say, you'll have no part in the ministry. Such strong words. Because what they're saying is, if you think the gifts of the Spirit are just to make you look good, then you've missed the whole point. 
The whole reason for the gifts of the Spirit is the love of the Father so that we could represent, you know, that whole thing of, of praying for people to get free of mental health. It came out of a heart of love that God, I know what it was like to be have drug-induced psychosis and feel like I was in a, in a prison. And God, I don't want my brothers and sisters to be in that same prison. So it's motivated by love. Then God says, well, I want to trust you to move in the power of the Spirit. I want God's looking for people that would eagerly desire the gifts, but they'd be motivated by love. That it would all be about people. I don't want to move in healing so that everyone can say the greatest healing evangelist ever was Lucas Connell. No, no, I want to move in healings because I love God's people and He loves them even more than I do. And I want to represent who He is. You know, the... You've got to be motivated by love. And then the third one is this. It is, and this one's not really connected to, to the Scripture, but this to, to 1 Corinthians 12. But if you're going to move in the gifts of the Spirit, and it's a quick one, you've got to learn to hear the voice of God. Because every single operation that gives the Spirit is connected to you hearing from God. I remember the very first time God, well, well hang on, wait, there's a Scripture here, John 10, verse 3. It's a scripture where it says, my sheep listen to my voice. In other words, my sheep hear my voice. It it doesn't say my pastors hear my voice. It doesn't say those that have been to Bible college hear my voice. It doesn't say those that have been to church long enough hear my voice. No, no, my sheep, those that belong to me, those that have given me their life, have the ability to hear my voice. I remember it's a basic story, but the very first time that I probably started to hear the voice of God, and I remember I, was, I had no money. I was living in this house. They let me, I, was, uh, I was living there for six weeks, and there was this one six-week period of getting my life right, and I just had zero money for six weeks when I first got saved. And, and I kind of just had a little bit of what people had given me. And, and, and so I went to the supermarket, and, and, and I was going to just buy some food, dinner for that night. I was looking at a, a frozen pizza or some kind of frozen meal. And, and I went to buy the meal and this, this voice kept saying, don't buy the meal. And I'm, I'm in the supermarket. I'm like, well, that's ridiculous. I've got to eat tonight and this is a cheap way to eat. And, and so I'm like, I get the meal. And then I'm, I'm walking back with this frozen meal and, and, and this voice says, put the meal back. And I'm like, this is stupid. I've got to buy, I've got to eat tonight. Like, and I'm having this conversation with myself. And, and I was, this was brand new for me. And so eventually I, I paid for the meal, even though I felt like I wasn't meant to. I literally got back home and I was home for about five minutes. And there was the, the, the best pizza place in Surface Paradise, has the most expensive pizzas. And there was a man in the church that worked for that particular pizza place. I lived with five other guys. And literally after being home for five minutes, he turns up with like about seven massive large pizzas of my favorite pizzas. And he fed the whole house. But it was the first time that I started to say, hey, I was hearing the voice of God. 
I was, and it's not like profound, it's not moved to America, right? But that was the start of hearing the voice of God. Start to learn the voice of God. Start to lean your ear. Start to practice a bit on safe things. People say, well, how did you get to a place where you heard the voice to literally move your whole family to another country? It was just because of the pizza story. And then another little story. And then another little story. And then at Connect Group, I looked at someone and I had a sense that they were really struggling and and God wants to tell me I love them and I, and I was nervous and scared and I walked over and I said oh, I just feel like you've been having a tough week and God wants you to know and then that start crying and I go well I'm hearing the voice again yeah. but you've got to develop hearing the voice of God alright really quickly and then we're going to pray really quickly alright let me quickly just go through the gifts okay and then we'll pray I'll tell a couple really quick stories and then we're going to pray uh, the first one is, is tongues you know this is where it gets a bit confusing because there's a couple things in, in, in the Bible with tongues is uh, tongues of, uh, you know, the baptism of the Spirit. When you get baptized in the Spirit, you can speak in tongues. But that's a different gift, I believe, to the one that's speaking here. That, that's Because that gift you can do at any time. When you get baptized in the Spirit, and that gift is for edification of yourself. But this particular gift of tongues that I believe it is, happens in two forms. One, it's spoken as a tongue and it's coupled with interpretation that somebody gets an interpretation, which is the next gift. But then also, and we see this in the book of Acts, sometimes the gift of tongues is literally speaking in a language that you don't even understand and you speak in that person's language. I just re read an amazing book called, I think it's called Move of the Spirit or Power of the Spirit. And this guy spoke in tongues every day for eight hours for three months in a closet and his whole life life just went crazy but he spoke at a meeting and the interpreter got sick and couldn't turn up and he preached the whole message in Spanish wow. he, he was once on a Christian television show that on TBN or whatever that was very not Holy Spirit very mainline and he just felt this unction to speak in tongues and he just busted out in tongues and then and then nothing kind of happened he had no interpretation he's like oh my god that was weird like and then they, they got a call someone called in that he was speaking a Russian dialect and there was a lady that spoke that dialect that didn't speak English and he spoke exactly to her and she got healed in her body and she gave her life to Jesus Christ tongues interpretation I've already done that as well okay so we'll move on from that tongues interpretation gift of faith you know, I'm telling you, this is a gift that I've seen so many times and, it's, and often we don't feel like we've got faith. There is a gift of faith that you can go after. And I've, you know, I've done crazy things, being an itinerant, believing for money, lived on $50 a week for 12 months. And people go, well, how do you do that? It's just a gift of faith because I've eagerly seeked after God and then you receive a gift of faith. Uh, uh, healings, you know, seeing people uh, get healed. I've already talked about that. Mental health, other miracles. Miracles is different to healings. Uh, miracles is different to healings because a healing is when something in the body heals. A miracle is when something that is unexplainable happens. Yeah, yeah. I've heard stories where someone's eye grows back or a leg grows. But it could even be a miracle within an obstacle within your life that seemed impossible. I remember, I remember we, we went from America to Canada to renew a visa. They made a massive mistake. And I spoke to the head guy of the Vancouver thing and he said, there is no way you can go back to America. Our whole family was outside of the US in between. Literally a day later, he said, well, I can't explain it, but now you can go. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. 
uh, discerning of spirits. Just when you get a knowing that something's not right. I remember I ran this rehab and this young guy came to the rehab. And, and as he came, he, wanted, he was saying all the right things. I want to change my life. I need help. I'm ready. And you want to help him. And it was the first time ever, everything within me, it was like alarm bells were going off, but I'd never had this discerning of spirits before. And so he said all the right things. And I'm like, well, I'm a Christian. I've got to help this guy. And so I let him into the house. Literally within five days, he took all other 10 residents away from the rehab and they all busted together. And again, it was the first time that I saw that's a gift of the Spirit. That's God's given me. Sometimes you give it a discerning of spirits that even though with your head, this seems like if you're getting in business, you need to tap into the discerning of spirits. Is this someone I should align with? You know, uh, word of wisdom. When you just, it's a complex problem, but God will just give you, you just know. I've had it happen many times where I just know the answer and I know I'm not that smart because I couldn't have worked that out myself, but I know what to do. It's a word of wisdom. Prophecy, word of knowledge. We already talked about, I remember getting a prophecy when I was two, probably two years saved, I was out street witnessing and this crazy American prophet guy that used to just come and minister and he came out on the street with us and he gave everyone these real long prophecies and we're all lined up in surface paradise and he's prophesied, massive long prophecy. I don't know how you know effective that is, but anyway. And he's given all these long prophecies and then he gets to me. And I thought, oh, here we go, he's got a real long prophecy. And he gets to me and he says, plane tickets, plane tickets, plane tickets. And then he went to the next person. <coughs> and I felt really ripped off. I'm like, man, you spent like three minutes on that guy. I remember I was into my fifth year of travel, getting on a plane every single week for five years all over the world. And I'd forgotten about it. And I was on the plane. And I said to myself, man, I travel a lot. And then I just heard the words, plane tickets, plane tickets, plane tickets. <laughs> prophecy it's a powerful thing that was when I was a, like just just saved like no one could see on my life that I was going to become a preacher I was just saved and it was probably 10 more years later that I'm hopping on planes every weekend for nine years word of knowledge I'll finish with this story remember praying for a lady that had major anxiety and I had this opportunity to pray for her and she couldn't even leave her house. And I went to go to pray for her. I was in a group and I knew her story and I went to go pray for anxiety. But as soon as I got near her, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And He said, anxiety is not the problem. It's what her dad did to her when she was a little girl. It's a word of knowledge. How can I know that? My heart starts beating out of its chest. What if I'm wrong? What if she's got a great dad? She's got her eyes closed. And I just said, hey, just felt the Holy Spirit say that anxiety is not the problem. That's what your dad did to you when you're a little girl. As soon as I said that, the floodgates just, she begins to weep uncontrollably. And while she's weeping uncontrollably, I see this very clear picture and it's so simple. But it was God the Father. And He was holding her head against His chest as she wept. And I shared that picture. So I just see a picture, she's, she's bawling. So I just see a picture of God the Father and He's holding you your head into his chest. And now she starts to cry even more uncontrollably. I moved on and prayed for the other people that were at the meeting. Some other ladies came and prayed for her. 
I'll never forget where after the meeting, because it was up in a campsite thing, we're sitting having hot chocolate. She comes and sits across from me. I still know this lady. And she comes and sits across from me and she says, when I was a little girl, my mother abandoned us and she left us to live with her stepdad. He sexually abused me in my childhood. She said, I've been a Christian for quite some time. She had anxiety so bad. She had two little girls. She almost couldn't leave the house. It was a miracle she got herself to this event. She couldn't take her kids to school. She couldn't take her kids to birthday parties. She, she was stuck in a house 90% of the time. And then she says to me, she says, I, I've believed in Jesus most of my life and I've gotten to church when I could. She said, but the thing is, whenever they talked about the Father, I could never see it. And as she sat across to me over a hot chocolate, a tear rolled down her cheek. And she said, tonight, I saw the Father. That lady went back to her church. And within about a month, she didn't just join the host team. She was running the host team. I see that lady now on Facebook living life to the full. I see her hanging out with her daughter at birthday parties and doing all this kind of thing. But what was it? It was a word of knowledge that unlocks something. Listen, you don't need to be a pastor. You can get a word of knowledge for a workmate. What's the best way to get them saved? If you were to get a word of knowledge of something that you could never ever know and take a risk and go up and say, hey, I don't know if this means something to you. Don't say it in a weird, crazy Christian way, but just go up and say, I don't know, I am a Christian and I was praying for you and I just felt that does this mean anything to you? I'm telling you, the best way to get someone saved is to operate in that kind of thing. Why don't you stand to your feet? Hey, thanks for listening to the Bright Weekly Podcast. We hope you're encouraged today and we'd love to see you at one of our services. So to connect further with us, head over to brightchurch.com.